Welcome to Live Your Own Fit Podcast. I'm your host, Pete Jacobs, and today I'm excited to be talking to you about something which is at the core of the math method. That's short for maximum aerobic function, and it also refers to Dr. Phil Maffetone and his holistic approach to health and performance. Recently, about a week ago, I was on a webinar with Dr. Phil, which Math put on, and Math is the company as well as the method. Method, and we spoke about Math in relation to running, and the key things that we covered there were awareness, technique, and aerobic base. And aerobic base is the thing that I'm now going to follow up today about. And particularly, if you don't have an aerobic base, what are the implications of that? And I'm going to talk to you, give you some tips and so that you may actually recognize if you have this problem. The problem is called aerobic deficiency syndrome, something that Phil Maffetone coined about 40 years ago. And his the big book of endurance training and racing, which he wrote about 40 years ago, is an excellent book. And I'm going to quote a few things out of that in today's podcast. So this is one for you if you want to know how do I get better at endurance? How do I get healthier at the same time as training? And even if I'm not training, if you feel like you're short of breath just walking stairs or even just walking from one place to the next, if you feel like there's not enough oxygen getting into your cells when you want there to be oxygen, whether at a walking pace or whether at at a threshold effort, When that is happening, if you feel like that, then this is for you. I'm going to talk about oxygen getting into the cells and when it's not getting into the cells. Aerobic deficiency syndrome. I'm just going to call it ADS from now on because it's a bit of a tongue twister. But ADS basically means that you have not got an aerobic capacity. And this is quite obvious when people are unhealthy. Let's say people in hospital, they are given oxygen because they haven't got enough carbon dioxide hanging around in their cells to transfer the oxygen into the cells. So the carbon dioxide swaps with the oxygen. And I've talked about this on other uh, episodes previously. So hopefully now you've got a grasp of that feeling of being short of breath, of not having enough oxygen in the cells, relates also to the feeling of the carbon dioxide triggering you to breathe very prematurely. So it's a shortness of breath. So you have no ability to do a breath hold. So if you exhaled all your air out, how long would it take before you felt like you needed to breathe again, that urge to breathe? Someone who's not healthy, it will be very short. It'll be 10 seconds. Someone who's very healthy and has excellent aerobic capacity, excellent carbon dioxide tolerance, meaning that their level of carbon dioxide can climb quite high in their cells before they have that urge to breathe. So that means as carbon dioxide rises and exchanges with oxygen, you have a good level of exchange. You can get carbon dioxide out very quickly as you get the oxygen in and the two exchange. So it's really kind of complicated, but it's also really simple. That feeling is carbon dioxide building up, triggering you to breathe. And then the oxygen, when you breathe, swaps with the carbon dioxide. So if this is happening at a very low, low level, so rapid breathing, 
So let's say your normal breathing pattern is very short. Let's say you're not purposely hyperventilating, but it's doing the same thing. Hyperventilation means that you are exhaling, in, inhaling and exhaling so fast that you are expelling all this carbon dioxide. So your carbon dioxide levels get very, very low in the cells. So there's nothing for the oxygen to exchange with. Therefore, the oxygen levels in your cells get low also, meaning that you then feel lightheaded and feel faint, feel weak because there's no oxygen in the cells. That is aerobic deficiency syndrome. That is what is happening. The oxygen is not there in the cells at a good level because you have not got the aerobic capacity to do so. And there's a few different ways to measure, to train this, to adapt to this. And I'm going to try and get to those today. If I just clarify now, ADS is no oxygen. It's aerobic deficiency syndrome. No oxygen. It means your body is anaerobic most of the time. Or if you're doing anaerobic exercise, you are inducing a low oxygen state in your body. At exercise and at rest, if you have ADS. So even though you're not exercising, even though you're resting, you will still be getting a lower level of oxygen into the cells and you will therefore not have as good a circulation, nutrients and all of the benefits that obviously circulation does for us. This can be seen quite obviously in type 2 diabetics when their blood sugar levels remain high so often that there is no oxygen getting through and they end up with really bad ulcers, really bad problems in their lower limbs because the circulation is so poor that they end up having to often be amputated because there is no circulation. So that's one of the causes of poor circulation and low oxygen is having highly elevated blood sugar levels too often. So I'm going to get into that later. Let's just go back. Aerobic. So we've talked about anaerobic. So ADS, that's sort of that lactic feeling. It's that high stress levels. It's sugar burning. Aerobic is not just something to describe your exercise regime. Aerobic is something that you need to think of as a state of health. Aerobic means there is plenty of oxygen getting used for energy production. It means your ability to burn fat is improved vastly. Basically, if you're anaerobic, short breath, low carbon dioxide tolerance, in hospital, you know, rapidly breathing, your body will be burning sugars at that point. Whereas that is why one of the first things first responders say to you is calm your breathing because the very healthiest thing that you can do instantly and easily and is totally in your control is to slow your breathing down so that more oxygen can get through your body. So this is not just something you need to consider for when you're in an emergency state. This is something you need to do all the time. Consider what your breath is doing. Slow it down. Breathe slowly in and out through your nose into the belly. And that in itself will help build aerobic cells. So you're straight away getting aerobic and endurance and health and performance adaptations if you just started focusing on your breath. It's amazing. These obvious things are right in front of us. But these are the things that we are giving away because we're told, oh, no, it's more about 
this or it's more about that or you need to look at this and you need to look at that. Let's just focus on the big picture stuff here. How do you breathe? One of the first things you can do. Obviously, my podcast and YouTube, you can check it out with Patrick McEwen previously, covered that quite a lot. I highly recommend getting his book as well if you want to learn more about it than what we covered in those, that episode. Being aerobic is a state of health. I just want to replay that in your mind. That is what is happening when you exercise. It is what should be happening when you're at rest, when you're sleeping. All of those times, 24 hours a day, you should be aerobic. How often too many people end up doing high-intensity interval training and also they end up eating a high-sugar diet. And these two things combined vastly reduce the ability of your body to be aerobic. So there's less oxygen and there's a whole heap of other factors that go along with that. And once you have ADS, then there's a whole cascade of things that end up being a problem for you. And I'm going to jump into Phil's book now because I've highlighted a couple of things where he specifically talks about the aerobic deficiency syndrome. So here I go, quoting from Phil's book. Stress of any type can interfere with the aerobic system by causing the hormone cortisol. High cortisol can interfere with many physiological processes in the brain, muscles, and metabolism that are necessary to develop aerobic function and endurance. Obvious one, really. Okay, here we go. Anaerobic training can decrease the number of aerobic muscle fibers, sometimes significantly. This can happen in just a few short weeks. Then I will go to anaerobic training raises your respiratory quotient, meaning that fat burning is reduced and sugar burning is increased, encouraging further use of anaerobic function and less aerobic activity. And lastly, now we have excessive amounts of lactic acid produced during anaerobic training may impair aerobic muscle enzymes, reducing aerobic function. And another quote, here we go. For many endurance athletes, the lack of sufficient aerobic conditioning can cause many problems, including serious physical, chemical, and mental injuries. This problem is not unlike a nutritional deficiency, such as anemia. I call the problem the aerobic deficiency syndrome, or ADS, as it exists in millions of endurance athletes. So very interesting that Phil was calling this out about four decades ago. And now people are experiencing this all the time. And I'm going to jump into one example of how you may be experiencing it. Firstly, as an athlete. And then secondly, even somebody who's not an athlete, but has this chronic fatigue type of problem. So first up, the athlete. A client who came to us uh, maybe several months ago and Jamie worked with him. He came back to us uh, a few weeks ago because he'd been training for an event, being pushed quite hard by his coach. And his coach had been doing a lot of work at threshold and above threshold and very little aerobic level training, almost none around his math heart rate. 180 minus his age would be his math um, equation heart rate. But he was feeling amazing. The numbers on the bike were great. He was full of confidence. He was feeling great. But as the weeks of non-stop threshold work went, 
he started to feel fatigued. He started writing to his coach in notes saying, oh, I'm not sure if I want to do this session tomorrow. And then after sessions making notes, I couldn't get through. I couldn't hit the numbers. And his coach kept propping him up. Oh, no, I want you to do the session. Oh, no, you'll be right. Just have a good, good morning tomorrow. And those sort of encouraging but misguided uh, support. So ended up, this athlete ended up being in a hole where he could no longer train. His wattage just halved almost in what he was able to do on the bike. And so that's when he contacted Jamie again and said, right, I'm in this hole of fatigue. How can I get out of it? I need your help. And that was great to work with him. Um, as at first off, it's as a health coach, definitely. And Jamie and I both jumped in on calls with him around how to just manage it mentally first. So as a health coach now, we really just love diving into, okay, this is what you're feeling or no, we ask, what are you feeling? Tell me more. Let's sort through this and get your deep perspective. Ask you, what is the outcome that you want? And how do you see yourself getting there? And how do you feel about these goals, et cetera, et cetera. Then as we sort of made some small changes, obviously we make, we're making changes to reduce that threshold work, but he was still working with the coach. So it was still happening. He can't help himself, but if there's a program in front of him and it says, do this on this day, he jumps in and he does it. And he knew that he had that issue. He knew that if it was written down, he was going to try it. But he sort of just had his fingers crossed. He had a race coming up. So he just wanted to keep pushing for another couple of weeks. But it didn't happen. He just kept pushing himself further and further into the hole. And as much as we could support him, it wasn't enough time to make changes. And he obviously kept training hard. And the race was an absolute disaster for him. He's since said that he, he should never have lined up because of the way that he felt going into it. He wasn't motivated. And that's a huge red flag for anybody who's training and exercising. If you're not motivated, there is a problem with your energy production. You are losing your aerobic ability. You're losing your hormone function. And all of this relates to aerobic capacity as well. So we worked with him as best we could, um, supported him mentally mostly, mostly just that, okay, this is how you're feeling. This is how you will feel. How can we work around it? And we've then since defined that for him, he was incredibly fit. But then that huge amount of work, he had an aerobic base, but then that huge amount of threshold work completely destroyed his aerobic base. His aerobic capacity almost disappeared. So now that he is a, he's in this hole, which is a bit of chronic inflammation and chronic fatigue, Um, He's going to just need to build up his body and let it rest a bit to get rid of these overloads of stress. But at the same time, he's not even motivated to exercise because he has got this chronic inflammation. And then he also recognizes that his aerobic capacity has completely disappeared. So right now in this state of chronic inflammation, chronic fatigue, he, if he goes to exercise, His heart rate jumps up really quick and he feels short of breath almost instantly. And he feels like there's no oxygen getting anywhere in his muscles. His power is down. He's weak. So it's a classic sign, lots of red flags, that he now has aerobic deficiency syndrome. And he's only pushed himself into this for maybe a month or two. 
So with a little bit of rest and then getting back to aerobic work, he should be able to bounce back and keep a lot of the strength that he had, but we just need to focus on building that aerobic base. And then when he does incorporate some high-intensity threshold work again, it has to be limited to around 20% is like the maximum, and that's what most people would work to. 80% aerobic, 20% um, above. Uh, Unfortunately, before he was probably doing about 80% above and about 20% was recovery. So almost none of his work was done at his optimal aerobic function. Almost none of it. And so he was never training his aerobic function optimally. So that's really obvious. Another client now is the other end of the spectrum, a bit more like myself, where there is also no motivation to train. So you start to be a bit guilty about not exercising. You start to say, oh, no, I should exercise. And you believe that exercise is going to be good for you and people tell you exercise is going to help you recover and, oh, you're happy when you're exercising. Oh, when you do this, you're happy. But it doesn't work like that because when you are fatigued at that point, you're not motivated to do anything and doing any of those things actually puts you more into a hole because anything that elevates that stress level when you haven't got any aerobic capacity, any energy production is increasing stress output because you're doing it anaerobically. Even walking can become an anaerobic exercise producing a lot of byproducts of stress. So really obvious there as well. Just red flag, if you're not motivated, if you feel tired, then do not train and do not do anything at threshold if you're at that point. If you, if you still are motivated enough to train but not motivated for anything hard, do not attempt to do anything hard. You will dig yourself into a ADS hole, a hole of aerobic deficiency. So you might have a resting heart rate um, that's elevated. Um, It might elevate very quickly as well, just while doing simple efforts, increased level of fatigue, and a feeling always of having low oxygen getting through to the cells. That is aerobic deficiency syndrome, but it is not just for athletes. This is something that you need to understand is a, a health. Aerobic means health. I've said it about four times now. I'll say it again, aerobic means good health. There's a reason that when you go to hospital, they try to get more oxygen into you by calming your breath and putting you on oxygen, supplemented oxygen. So if you go and train hard, if you have shallow breathing, if you eat a high carbohydrate diet, if your diet is also deficient in nutrients, if you don't get enough sleep, if you don't have enough sunshine for vitamin D and other beneficial vitamins, then you end up having, an, having a body that you have adapted to producing energy in a highly stressed way with a huge amount of stress as a byproduct and you no longer are able to do anything efficiently, whether it be exercise and train for triathlon or whether it be just walk to the corner store. I'll just quote from Phil's book once again, The Aerobic Deficiency Syndrome. As the number of endurance athletes has dramatically increased through the latter part of the 20th century and into the 21st, so has the injury rate. These problems are not just associated with physical injuries, but also those that affect body chemistry and even the brain. 
Athletes without a good aerobic base typically develop various signs and symptoms. The most common complaints heard from athletes include fatigue, increased body fat, mechanical injuries, hormonal imbalance, inadequate endurance, and poor performance. Dr. Phil Maffetone really nailed it decades ago, and the problem would have only gotten more common since then as processed food became higher and higher in carbohydrates and food became lower and lower in nutrients, leaving people in the situation where their energy production is inhibited in many, many ways, and including that big one that we've just spoken about, aerobic deficiency syndrome. So oxygen's not getting through. So this has been awesome to hopefully get across to you one of the foundation issues around math and why it's so important to stick to an aerobic heart rate if you want to improve your health and performance. And if we want to talk about performance, when, when can you put in high-intensity interval training? which is a question that everybody asks when math is around in topics. And uh, thankfully, next webinar coming up in about a week and a half or so is with Professor Paul Larson, who literally wrote the textbook on high-intensity interval training. And he's coming on. The next math webinar is with him and I, and we're going to delve into a lot of these issues. But also, how do you and when do you incorporate high-intensity interval training? What's the best way to do it to boost testosterone? What's the best way to do it to boost lactic threshold? What's the best way to do it to achieve a personal best in a certain event? So we're not going to go through every example of the textbook. It's a huge textbook, but we are going to get into a lot of those basic issues for you of performance, of building that carbohydrate, carbon dioxide tolerance, which you can do through high-intensity interval training once you have the aerobic base. So you can't do any interval training until you have an aerobic base, until you're resilient. But then once everything is there, then you can build on top of that. And it's not just about then you can add high intensity interval training. Then you can be more resilient to a night out. You can be more resilient to some bad food because if your cells for your muscles are more aerobically adapted, there's more oxygen getting in there, they're healthier then every cell in your body is the same. So the cells in your guts are healthier, so they're going to repair quicker, so you can tolerate more. When you do have a high glycemic load of food and your blood sugar spikes and your insulin spikes, you do recover from that quicker because of that good aerobic base helps clear out the stress faster and you're back to using lots of oxygen quicker. It's that sort of base that we need for every aspect of our health and performance and longevity. So look out for the link in my social feeds. Go to Live Your Own Fit website, sign up for our newsletter, and you will make sure that you get it then and send through your questions before that webinar. I know there's a lot of questions about high-intensity interval training. So look forward to speaking to you all then on that next webinar. And if you think you've got aerobic deficiency syndrome, then I'd love to talk to you more about it. Contact Jamie or I for a consult so we can help support you through these emotional, physical, mental challenges and understanding the knowledge behind it as well. And there's lots of tips and tricks and tools that we can do to get that base improved as quickly as possible while not stressing about it and make it as enjoyable and stress-free and easy as possible. So stop wasting time feeling tired and low on oxygen 
contact us now. Contact us through Live Your Own Fit website, any of our social channels, and we really look forward and we're excited to work with people just like you.